I'm Craig and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. This week sees a, a shake-up of personnel podcast as Greg takes a break. Not sure what his plans are this evening, but uh, I, I like to think that his missus has got him doing some, some cleaning around the house, maybe some DIY, but basically keeping them busy. So tonight, joining Chris and I is John. Hello, guys. All right, how you doing? Hi, John, how you doing? All right. Not bad, Chris, yourself? Ach, not bad, it's good to speak to you finally. Yeah, same. It feels like I know you already, but um, ah, it should been, be. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It has. That's my, my, my debut of 2012. I'm making a comeback. Yeah, John, I like can't... Kyle, Laff, Kyle Lafferty. I can't remember if you were John or you were JB. I can't remember how we, we referenced you last time. Oh, I think it was either or, but just I'd probably go with John. Uh, like first name terms. And... That's it. Aye. So, so, yeah, John is on the forum as JB. We've mentioned you a few times in the podcast, actually. Uh, JB 1978. Yep. So in, the, in this week's podcast, I thought we'd cover the, the SPL review, the, the games at the weekend, and there was a rearranged game during the week. That's Wendy's wanting some food. We've got the, the Paul Band charity bet. Phil Kirk winning a, a cup, celebrating that. We've got the SPL preview. Mention the interview that we've got set up with Jason Brown, the Aberdeen goalkeeper, and an update on the predictor on the forum. So before we start, I thought I'd bring up my, my trip to Ibrox on Friday evening to see the Legends play against Rangers Legends against AC Milan Glory. I, it was it was it was, a, it was a really good game, really good seeing a lot of the, the older stars turning up on both sides of the pitch. I, I still can't believe that I've seen... Uh, McCoist and Haitley playing up front for Rangers again, although different times. I am um, McCoist. He, he didn't look the fittest. I don't know if any of you seen the the replay of his celebrations after the goal. He looked proper knackered. <laughs> I, I never saw, I never saw anything. Oh, I mean, fair play. I mean, he's getting the goals even at uh, the ripe old age. Of, what is he now? Fifty. Ah, he must be in his early fifties. Amaruso looks like he's he's been packing the the pies. He was solid. Oh, it's the Baileys. <laughs> uh, Richard Goff, he was surprisingly fit on the night. He played most of the game. Uh, he was, you could, you could tell he, he was still quite keen because he was, he was continually doing stretches when he was off the ball. But yeah, he, he was impressive. Uh, Maldini, he played. I think he played the full ninety minutes. Uh, oh, was he still class? Oh, brilliant. But I thought one of the standouts was Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. He was, he was just brilliant. My mate just kept reminding me that it was only two years ago that he was playing in the World Cup. And I don't yeah. know if you remember his strike from 30, 35 yards out. Probably going to tournament. Aye, yeah. Aye. He, he was still running the show down the left, him and Loudrop. Yeah, it was a, it was a good night. I just thought I'd mention it because I really enjoyed myself. And Stuart McCall was there, wasn't he? <laughs> the night the night before Motherwell played Rangers. As well, I heard the rumour he was going to play, but I didn't see him. Or did he not play in no. the end? No, I didn't see him come Sadly, on. I was going to be there. Uh, Although we did uh, turn up fashionably late after a few too many beers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, speaking of rumours, there was one of the, the Evening Times guys was tweeting on Friday night that Hugh Dallas was, had got a rousing reception as a referee that night. <laughs> he was obviously <laughs> at the wind-up. <laughs> see, uh, we ended up, we tried to cram too many beers in and we ended up, by the time we turned up, maybe 15 minutes late. Not sure if the kickoff had been delayed because there was quite a lot of issues travelling. It was a good crowd, yeah. wasn't it? Was it forty-seven thousand? Forty-seven thousand, aye, all for charity, so it's good. 
That's better than you get for most normal games, is it not, nowadays? Yes. Uh, I bet it's all about the same. Yeah, yeah. It's probably better than most, yep. Let's not say it's all for charity. Oh, no, Rangers, <laughs> oh, Rangers as oh. a club counts as a charity, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a registered charity. <laughs> there probably is somewhere. Craig White's probably registered as a charity somewhere in England. Yeah. I don't know, maybe <laughs> you'll say yes. So moving on to the, the SPL games the week, there was a rearranged tie during the week on Wednesday evening, and that was Inverness against St. Johnson. And I forgot about it. Oh, I forgot to get my result for the predictor then. Oh, how could you, was, how could you forget? Because I never got an email. <laughs> I, I've, not, I've, I've, not, I've obviously not set up my preferences on the forum for the the, uh, the predictor reminder. Uh, see, if you'd, if you'd listened to the podcast, you would have been reminded on that, eh, Chris? Oh, I, I definitely will. I mean, I do all my, all my predictions just there and then, so it's great. <laughs> yeah. You might, have, you might have been able to pre- get a prediction anyway because uh, the previous prediction, because it was rearranged, the previous prediction Possibly. was standing. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right then. I would have had a prediction for the original fixture, probably. So the, the game itself finished 1-0 to St. Johnson and they, they still continued their, their challenge for a Euro spot. They're up against it with Motherwell and Dundee United looking pretty strong, but I think that's them leaving hearts behind. Although, who knows what will happen after the split. Eh? So I, I I thought I'd mention, the there wasn't too much in the match from what i seen to discuss, but I thought I'd mention Terry Butcher and his post-match comments. One thing that, that made me smile was, uh, he says, we don't have a big squad, but some of the guys who have been in cold storage will be coming out of the fridge. That's how his squad rotation works. <laughs> Keeps him in a big fridge. Okay. This is a bit kind of rocky, does it not? Yeah. <laughs> you could just imagine some of the Inverness players in the, in the fridge punching big meat. <laughs> <laughs> so prediction-wise, uh, I went for a 2-0 victory to St. Johnson. Greg, he's just been he's been awkward. He went for a 2-0 victory to Inverness. Chris, you went a 2-0 away victory. Nearly. Not quite, but close enough. Yeah. Did you, did you see any of the, the game at all? Yeah, I, I watched it, yeah. Aye, aye. Aye, I was, I was there. Did you see the, the penalty incident at all? It looked like a very strange sort of fall by... Um, who was it? Uh, I can't remember. William Craig, I think it was. But yeah, but, but I, th- I thought it was a, a fair enough penalty. It was almost as if he'd been pushed over for the other side of where Taddy actually was. It was very. It just looked like a very strange fall in the highlights. Maybe it was a camera angle or them. Yeah. Sandaza scoring again, once again. Yeah, oh, oh. cracking penalty and off the post. That's it, yeah, it's quality. You've got the man love for Sandaza, Craig. Oh, yeah, oh, you've got to appreciate him. I just like <laughs> his style, that's it. I, I was I noticed, uh, I think it was Billy Mackay, he hit a shot and it hit the, the stanchion and, and nestled in the back of the net. Some of the fans were celebrating. <laughs> don't know if it came across when ah, you were watching it, it but aye, there was plenty of celebrations and it just got me thinking, I bet there was some people that were actually jumping about that they didn't realise they hadn't went in and still just celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Getting carried away. So that was the, the rearranged game on Wednesday and at the weekend, the first game up of the weekend was Motherwell against Rangers. It was a lunchtime kick-off Saturday on ESPN. The game itself was was pretty even, I thought. 
I thought Motherwell put up a, a really good challenge. They were up against it, going on their uh, recent form against Rangers. It's woeful, to be honest. It's surprisingly bad. But yeah, I thought Motherwell done well. I thought that uh, Humphrey was superb for the, the first goal. I think he was up against Perry. And Perry's no slouch, yeah. but he was totally done for pace and really made it easy for Jama, who will obviously claim the, the credit for getting the goal, but I think it was Humphrey that done the, the work there. Uh, definitely. It's, just, it's, it's pretty much a tap-in for a Yama after that. But Humphrey's just ripped him for pace entirely. He's a good, I've seen him a few times. He's a really quick player in that wing. Yeah. I'm surprised. He seems to come off the bench a lot. It was nice to see him get a start against Rangers, but I mean, when he played Celtic a few weeks ago, he was on the bench for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very strange. What about... I think he's maybe... Carry on, John. I think he's maybe one of those guys that he's got pace and that's maybe about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of those guys he's probably got the, the raw ingredients to be playing at a better level, but whether he's got much apart from I don't, I don't obviously Greg would be able to say better. Yeah. Um, but anytime I've seen him play, I think he has, he has got the pace to get by people, but it's maybe whether he's doing it on a consistent basis and that's maybe his problem, I think. Yeah. Well, when I mentioned at the start of the podcast that uh, Greg wasn't here, maybe I should have pretended it's because he was in the huff. <laughs> oh, that, that's what I should have said. Hey, what about Whitaker's goal? you seen in the, oh, the one of oh, the replays was, was right behind him and you seen that the ball was going straight at Randolph and then it just, just the bend on it was wicked. And yeah, it was really good. He's a, he's a player that often gets criticised, I think, a bit unfairly. Um, I mean, quite a few times at the forum, I know there's quite a few that Rangers fans don't seem to rate him. Um, I think you're the, one of the exceptions, Craig, but he's not, no one, I don't think he's, he's not the best defender, but he's not the worst either. But see, in terms of the goals he scores for Rangers, yeah. I mean, last year, he must have been double figures from fullback, most playing fullback. I know a few were penalties, but he's going forward. He's got the ability to do that. It's not the first time he's done that for Rangers. Yeah. He's just so clever when it comes to getting by a player. He's, he's not maybe got the, the pace, he's, he's maybe not even got the the bag of tricks up his sleeve but he knows when a, a defender's going to put a foot in and he knows just simply to knock the ball past him so I think that's one of his major talents and cutting inside there's always always space for that and for a full back I do like them bombing down the wing but when you're like him cutting inside scoring goals like that I, I do like him so what about the Aluko penalty incident for the one where he was booked when uh, I think it was Clancy tried to not pass the ball back to to Randolph, but well, I don't know what he did, but Luko managed to sneak in front of him and Randolph took him out from what I've seen. I don't know what you think. I think it's us. On you go, Jimmy. After you. On you go. I was just going to say, I think this is a, a case of his reputation preceding him. Because obviously he's picked up that two-game ban a couple of months ago for the the dive and the from the compliance officer. But in this instance, I think Aluko has maybe thrown himself to the ground. But there's obvious contact with yeah. the keeper. He's clattered them. It's it's a penalty. Yeah. And to be yeah. fair, I think it, it was one of several uh, things that I think Ian Brown's got wrong in the game, and most of them were uh, in Mullable's favour. To be fair, because there was an earlier incident with uh, Lee McCullough getting wrestled. Uh, inside the box and I think because he wasn't what, a judo throw the, the referee didn't give it because you know how they very rarely give manhandling in the box they are but I think in recent times I would have expected that to have been given uh, I would have argued that it was definitely soft but but we've seen them given 
lately. They just seem to be taking a hard line on it. Terms of the other, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was say, I was, there was another one that was uh, was it Clancy and Whitaker had a clash. Aye, the headbutt. And then Clancy, Clancy headbutted him. So yeah. the, Ian Brines took the usual referee get out clause of booking both of them. <laughs> Not sure what to do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think it's for me. Whitaker hadn't done anything wrong. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I don't know either. They, I've, I've got that in my notes. That yeah, I was I was confused. Uh, I think Whitaker was confused as well. I think, from what I recall, watching the highlights here, it looked to be a bit of a 50-50. Both of them committed for the ball, and then Clancy just kind of took a bit of a stumbled, and then reacted, just butting him in the chest for no reason. Um, you've seen it earlier on in the season, I'm sure. I mean, there was a headbutt in the chest from someone, and I'm sure he got sent off. can't remember who it was. It was. It was, was. Was it McGowan? No. Uh, it might have been a Hearts player, maybe. I can't. I can't but remember. There definitely, I can remember definitely was an incident, yeah, yeah. and it's it's just the the consistency again, isn't it? That we talk about, I think week after week, that one referee will give it, the other referee doesn't give it, and that's the problem with referees. We, I think, we're accepting that they make mistakes, but at least if they're, if they're consistent, we can put up with it. Aye, yeah. we can maybe accept it a wee bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and going back to the local incident, um, there was definitely contact, and I think the way it went down is. He got the ball very quickly and went by uh, the keeper at pace. And if you go by someone at pace and you get a contact, that's probably going to you are going to have a, a bit more of a dramatic fall, I think. Um, and I probably get, uh, so I think I defend. I think we all agree Arlico was unfairly treated there. And as Chris said, it's probably because of that incident earlier in the season against Dunfermline, wasn't it? It was. When he, yeah. he, yeah. he dives and get the, the ban. So I can't believe I'm defending Rangers first night, but there we go. I keep it up. <laughs> I agree with McCoy's comments after the game that uh, yeah he did bring up that he thought it was a penalty and he thought it was harsh but but rather than focusing too much on the referee he was he was saying that maybe the the yellow card should be appealable because right now you can't appeal unless it's a red card so I'm sure it'll cause a lot of extra work but I think I think it would be sensible if they did go down that route especially when it's so obvious to to others viewing TV evidence that. The booking was harsh. Yeah, I'd agree yeah, with that well, take. I would agree with that, but then you start wondering, well, how many other yellow cards can you start appealing? Yeah, yep. It's, it's kind of that kind of worms. Do we really want to open that, or do we want to just move on? To be honest, I think the diving gets a bit of a. It almost it almost gets off with one if you get if the referee catches you, and then there's that stupid disparity between if you if the ref catches you, there's a yellow card, despite the fact you've obviously been going for a goal scoring opportunity by. Diving, yep. and if uh, if you don't get caught, you get a two game ban. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you're almost punished for the referee making the mistake. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. what about the McCulloch goal at the end? Do you think it was a foul by a Luco? Can't remember who it was on, but he, he seemed to. Was a... That was inclined to as well. Lean into yeah. him a bit. There was yeah, a bit of a lean. It looked like a push to me, to be honest. But then, given how much that Brains had went against Rangers throughout the game, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for him. Yeah. When you see, I've seen a, a few still images of it prior to, to seeing the incident, and yeah, it looks a foul. After seeing the incident, yeah, I don't think I would argue too much if it was given, but well, McCulloch scored, so and as a Rangers fan, I'll, I'll accept that wee bit of luck. Good poacher's goal. Yeah. He's doing well, McCulloch, um, since he, I mean, he started his career back in the day at Motherwell up front, and I remember earlier in the season when Yelovich was going away and Rangers fans were thinking, right, 
who have they got here? Because Lafferty was out, mm-hmm. Naismith was out, Healy was only, I mean, he was in cold storage for the first half of the season. In the fridge, it seems yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, in the fridge <laughs> along with, with, with Butchers, with Vanessa players, aye. Um, but Lee McCulloch, I'm not his biggest fan, it has to be said, but as a player, he is the type of player for Rangers. You put him anywhere, he can do a job. Yeah. That's the thing. He's, I mean, he's played, he's played left midfield for Rangers. He's played defensive mid. He's played centre-back. He's played striker. And he, he might not be the best player, but he, he, he does a job. You know what you're getting with him. Yeah. Opposition fans are often uh, comment on, uh, as you say, elbows and so on. I suppose that is the, the type of player he is. He's, he's a very physical player. But I think that I think that that's a positive for for the style of play that Rangers often resort to, where they've got the long ball, fire it up to the the lone man up front, and hope that it sticks. And somebody like McCulloch, with his physical presence, that that really works. Whereas when you had somebody like Healy, that just wasn't possible. And yeah, Rangers they they, they often if you get the ball to Davis, you can often dictate the play that way. Where I look down the line, but. They do occasionally go for the long ball, and yeah, McCulloch fits in nicely. So in the the predictor, I'd went for a 2-0 victory to Rangers. Greg went 3-1. He wasn't very confident for his own team. And Chris, you went 3-0 to Rangers. That was my statistics background backing that one up. Because that's that's actually my level's best result against Rangers since uh, Stuart McCall took over. Because not only did they score, but they didn't get thumped by three goals or more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we mentioned it in the, the head-to-head stats, the, the page that I, I created for Scottish Football Forums. And yeah, I, the, the stats were terrible, really, for Motherwell. And they've obviously had their off years in the in the SPL, but they're, they're, I would say, consistently a good team. Was it 10 years they've not had a victory against Rangers for? Yeah, I read in the forum. Yep. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Yeah. So the next game up is Dundee United against Dunfermline and there's no real surprises here for the result which was 3-0 to Dundee United. The the form team in the SPL against the, I'm not really sure, I suppose Dunfermline are the form team but it's a different kind of form. <laughs> I thought from the highlights I've seen that the victory is well deserved. I think 3-0 flattered Dunfermline a bit. They had maybe one or two chances, but I thought Dundee United could have scored five or six, especially if John Daly was, was, had his goal-scoring boots on, and that's despite him scoring. I think he's, that's him up to now maybe 20 se- goals this season. Yeah, he's the top scorer top in the SPL now, overtook Hooper with those two Yeah, goals. i seen a, a tweet from somebody, can't remember who it was, but they just mentioned that He's got to be a he's got to be in in my shout for player of the season, and yeah, I've got to agree with that. I think that right. often we we overlook players out with the old firm. I simply as an old firm centric uh, league, and John Daly. I don't think we should be looking past him up front. He's he's got the physicality of a player like McCulloch I mentioned earlier. He's got the aerial prowess. He's he's brilliant from corners, brilliant from throw-ins. He's really a focal point for Dundee United's play in that respect. And he can also score with his feet. So, yeah. He's played centre-back as well for Dundee United at times. Yeah, he has. He's got the versatility that McCall's got as well, what you must say. Yeah. Uh, no, he's been, he has been really good. I, I remember um, watching Aberdeen against Dundee United during the season and we beat them 3-0. And that day they were, they were awful. They were going through a bad patch. Mm-hmm. And remember, Peter Houston was 
get get that vote of confidence. Yes, yep. See, since that vote of confidence, Dundee United have been superb. Like they've had players like McHatt every week. I think people are talking about him, but Mackay Stephen has to be just now. I think the most exciting player in the SPL. I, I, I can't think of anyone better than him just now in terms of going by players. He's an old-fashioned winner. Gets down the byline. He can go outside. He can come inside. Not scared to have a have a shot. Uh, personally, really, really impressed. I think everyone is. I mean, it's probably been said every week recently. Yeah, um, we're talking about what a player, player, of the, just player of the season, and yeah, he's got to be a got a shout as well. I think maybe his age suggests that he'll be put in the the young player young category. Player. Yeah, and and maybe maybe favoured in that in that role rather than the the senior. But yeah, I, I would I would have him in my my top three of the the young player, and I think I'd have him pushing right now off the top of my head. I've not thought about it too much, but yeah, definitely a player that, that scares me when when he's playing against Rangers, much like he scares Bartley. And yeah, really impressed with him. He's, he's come from nowhere, hasn't he? I don't think he... Well, he was at Airdrie before, was he? He, was, he, he? he went down south for a bit. I think originally was at Ross County he was up here, I think. He went down to Liverpool at quite a young age, I think 15 or 16. He was supposed to be rated pretty highly when he was a young star. Went down there, and I think he got kind of quite a bad injury. Didn't, you know, Liverpool ended up letting him go. Came back up to Airdrie, I think, last season for about six months. Mm-hmm. And then Dundee United took a chance on him in the summer, and it's paid off. I mean, I think they got him on a free transfer. I don't think they paid anything for him. Oh, that's superb, then, because he's definitely one that's going to be attracting big bids. Maybe not this summer, but hopefully not this summer with his age. Hopefully he stays and, and matures a bit. But but yeah, he's going to be attracting big offers probably from down south and a good prospect for Scotland. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, mean, I was about to check that. Is he actually Scottish? Yeah. It's an English sound. It's a bit of an English sound. Double, a, a double-barreled name. Mind you, we've got Mikhail Smith, but he's he's English. Was he not playing for Maybe the I... under-21s just recently? Mackay Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I wonder whether I might have a wee check, have a have a wee quick look, try and get Wikipedia up and see where the, where he was born. Because maybe he's maybe he was born. He's born it sounds, in. It sounds like English, doesn't it? Mackay Stephen. Thurzo. Oh well, that's about as Scottish as you can get. In fact, if it was any more Aye. north, it'd be wet. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's only made one appearance for the under twenty one. Really? Well, that's Craig Wilde though as well. But, but we've got we've got we've got young good young left wingers. Yeah. There's, there's op- options but there. Don't forget Forrest as well. James right. Forrest can play there. He can. He, he's at least been making a step up to the, the full squad. But this is the thing. I don't understand why we go, oh, he should be playing for under 21. Like, no, he's playing for the first team in his, his club. So why isn't he playing for the first team in his country? Is that uh, Mackay Stephen or Forrest we're talking about? You could pick either of them, to be honest. Because Forrest well, is just starting to break into the, the first team in yeah. Scotland. But he's been playing for Celtic for about two seasons. Yeah, he played uh, in the I last game, so. didn't he? Forrest was yeah. that his, his debut? Uh, uh, I don't think, I think it was his first start, aye. Um, but I think with Levine, Le- Levine, I think, decided that if you're not, unless you're playing for the old firm in the SPL, you're probably not going to get a call-up. I think the exception to that just now is Cammy Bell. He's had a, an occasional call-up, but... Do you remember the Sweden? Was it the Sweden the Sweden game? One of Levine's first friendlies, maybe? And he called up Gary Kenneth... He called yes. up a few of the SPL players and we got destroyed that day, 3-0. And it's a difficult one because, see, for the SPL, the likes of Mackay, Stephen, I mean, they are doing well, but 
the, the only maybe real proper test that they're getting is maybe when they play the old firm. Whereas you can understand to the same when Levine is picking players that are playing down in the Premiership and playing at a better level. So I think at the moment, Levine's decided. I think Levine's decided. Uh, I'm not picking SPL players, and that's it's maybe unfortunate, um, but probably for the, a lot of the players at the kind of the other ten clubs, they'll need to maybe move down south to, to have a chance, which is maybe sad. But it seems to be the way, it's, the way it is just now. Yeah, I can understand the reasoning, but I don't think you can just blanket it as simple as that. If he's if that's what Levine's actually doing, then they've got big problems. It seems to be, doesn't it? Though if you. Aye, I, I think you're right. In fact, I think it's been that way for as long as I can remember. Um, I was saying on the forum, I think last night or over the weekend anyway, we should maybe get the B team going again. At least get some of these SPL players a bit of experience. That would have been maybe even better arranging, see the Home Nations tournament that we had last year. Yeah. Having a B, a B tournament. Because the crowds would probably be about the same. And at least these SPL players are getting the step up and playing against other youngsters of maybe kind of similar ability from the other home nations. That's it, because when you're, when you're playing at an international level, even at home, that's a, a massive step up. But to, to travel to the away games is, is something that a lot of the, the non-old firm players, they're just, they're just not used to. They're may, they maybe get the, the odd game when they, they have a good season, but it's not like the, the Rangers and Celtic of old, actually, because things are changing. When they're, they're getting that maybe six six Euro games a year, and uh, obviously half them are going to be away, so so yeah, I think the Scotland B team would be a good idea just to just to get over that hurdle of of playing abroad and and really keeping up the performance. So in the in the predictor, the game finished three 0 I went for a three 0 victory, so hundred percent right for me. In fact, this could be another smug podcast this week for me. Right. <laughs> and Greg, he went for 3-0 as well But I suspect he was just copying me Because he knew that I was getting good at this Chris, you went 2-1 to Dundee United You expected a goal from the Pars I know, it's silly of me Have you seen the BBC statistics? This is the thing that really confused me The BBC statistics said that Dundee United had 15 shots And Dunfermline had just one And then I watched the highlights and saw Dunfermline miss a target At least three times <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think maybe the BBC guy fell asleep. But I don't know who does uh, the stats. Opta obviously do the the English league. Yeah. But I'm not sure who does it in this country. But yeah, I I was the same. Was... I was watching it and I was thinking that uh, that yeah, Dundee United did cruise it, but Dunfermline did have a few chances. Ah, one shot. Hmm. <laughs> there's, de- there's definitely at least three in the highlights. <laughs> was it? Was it maybe one shot on target, maybe, or no, no or anything no. like that? No, it was no, because they've got sh- no, shots one and then on target zero, so they've just got one yeah. one shot off target. Okay. Yeah, next game up is Hearts against Aberdeen. John will enjoy discussing this one. The scoreline was three well. nil, and to to quote the the BBC, the first half was lackluster. Although all I've got to go on was the, the five minute replay. Uh, McGowan's goal, nothing much to say about that. Corner coming into the box, McGowan, not the easiest header for him. I think the the guy he was up against, maybe John, you'll be able to know who it was, but he, he looked like he didn't jump at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched, I caught the highlights today. Um, before that, though, I found out yesterday that it was a game on BBC Alba, 
the delayed transmission game and at first I was thinking right I'll, I'll avoid the score and I'll watch the game at half five mm-hmm. thankfully I turned on teletext when I got in from the Auckland Lake Talbot game and found out Aberdeen had lost 3-0 because that would have been a right sickness for my Saturday night watching that <laughs> um, like I don't know what's happened but in, in terms of I mean we got to the, we've reached the quarter final the semi-final obviously the Scottish Cup seems to have turned a corner unbeaten 2012 Last three games, we've been beaten 1-0 by Motherwell, 1-0 by Carly Thistle, 3-0 by Hearts. We're back to our ways are not scoring goals. And I just hope that the players haven't taken their eye off the ball, think, right, we're in the semi-final. We've not made the top sets. I mean, they should, they should be pushing, like, so hard to make get, get a place in the, the semi-final team. Mm-hmm. Whereas, just now, I mean, uh, Brypod from the forum, I texted him, he was at the game yesterday, um, and his comments were, we were... SHR, and I'm sure you can figure out the rest of that word, rather than have anything to do with ne- negative tactics, second to every ball, hearts were one step ahead, they've got better players with a better touch, etc. And the only maybe positive um, that I could see from the highlights was Russell Anderson's back. He came back on. Um, Stephen Hughes returned from injury. Um, and he had, I saw in the highlights anyway, you don't get much from the highlights, but there was a he had a kind of pretty decent free kick, which Ferdinand should have scored that, uh, from when Hearts were leading 2-0. Um, Craig Brown, obviously, I mean, he obviously seen the full game, but from the highlights, Craig Brown, was, his comment was, we were unlucky to lose. Our keeper never had a save to make. Was like, I, I, you can see he had three goals. I, don't, I never understand why, why managers say that. Sometimes or, I keeper just had, wonder what keep, mad things go through his head. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Keeper had nothing to do, but you lose 3-0. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jason Brown was not at fault at all for any of the goals, but I just think it's a silly thing to say when you lose 3-0, yeah. that Keeper had nothing to do. It's, I mean, I, I think, like you say, the first and the third goal were pretty poor defending. I don't think the Keeper stood a chance with any of them, but, I mean, you just don't stop that second one. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's a cracking goal for Schedule. Oh, see if Laurie was on the podcast this week, he'd oh, have no, a be, be, special. At least happen. Oh yeah, he'd, he'd dedicate. He'd probably have some audio going into it, and oh, yeah. <laughs> audio from the commentary, maybe another angle from the crowd. Ah, he would love it. I think Laurie's confessed this week as well. We, I don't know. We know about his. Ma- he's got the man crush on Ian Black. Everyone knows yep. about that. He's got his man crush on Rudy Scatchel. And he's confessed one this week. I don't know whether it's been mentioned before. Paolo Sergio. Oh, yeah. He was commenting on Twitter. I've seen a wee Twitter comment that he was commenting on how handsome he is. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether Laurie's, Laurie's wanting to tell us some things he seems to... I've, I've yet... The only woman that I know he likes is Natalie Portman. I've seen him mention more times that he likes Ian Black, Rudy Scatchel and Paolo Sergio rather than even Natalie Portman. I think Natalie Portman's out the window now. He's no bored right, If Natalie Portman played for Hearts, I'd bet Tyne Castle more of Aye, me too. But Mila Kunis? Oh, oh aye. If Mila Kunis was... Oh, yep, I'd support any team she played for. The Black Swan, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But maybe we shouldn't be too harsh on Laurie because uh, that result probably cheered him up after his uh, mad taxi ride out to the, the under-19 Edinburgh Derby, which uh, not only did Hibs win 2-0, but that result meant that Hearts cannot win the Championship and Celtic are an under-19 champions. Yeah. Oh, well done to Celtic under nineteen. Congratulations to them. They they do seem to be be pretty good. Aye, I mean that's uh, the third season in a row they've won the the league, and of the previous two they've won the Scottish uh, Youth Cup. 
Yeah, earlier today, this is Sunday, they beat St Marin 4-1 at St Marin Park to go to the final of the, the Youth Cup again. So they could be on a, a third double in a row. Mm-hmm. And who do they play in the final? It's either Dundee United or someone else. It's not Rangers, because Rangers get knocked out somewhere along the line. Right. I've been to a few. I, I've been to, I remember going to, what are the, well, I don't think it was under-19s at the time, because was it maybe under-17s or under-18s at Hamden when it was kind of Celtic against Rangers once as a neutral. And it's quite a good game to go to, I think, if, if folk have got a free weekend. Oh, it's usually midweek, I think. The, yeah, the final, I think it's the, the final this year is April 23rd, I think. It's a Monday night at Hamden. Right. So I think if, if, it's, if that's the case, I'm certainly been thinking about going along myself. Yeah, I was... Uh, Celtic, they've been invited to the Next Gen series again. The, the, the Champions League of under-19s football. Yeah, that's been pretty successful this season. I think it was Inter Milan won it and they, they end up, but the, the 16 teams that took part this season are going to take part. There's another eight joining in. I think one of them's Chelsea and the other seven are still to be decided. But I went along to a couple of those games at Celtic Park and there's, there's some really good uh, talent on, on show there. I thought Marseille, they made the, the semi-final. That was one of the, the games I watched and they looked really good and Celtic took them apart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like there's some really good belt, teams. They did feel yeah, they had a tough group. Right? They, they had Barcelona and Marseille in their group and Man City. And, uh, they beat Man City home and away and they beat Marseille as well at home. So I think they get nine, nine points, points out of the group and still didn't qualify. Right, it's unlucky that. <laughs> well, hopefully with Celtic clinching the, the league title next weekend that uh, Lennon will be able to bring in some of this youth because, well, obviously I, I don't want Celtic to do too well but I think that it's going to be good for the national team if we can get these, these young players up playing in the, yeah. in the league. And well, if Lennon's got the league tied up, why not? Yeah, I think I think Lennon's mentioned about doing that because obviously so far this season we've seen a bit of Dylan McGeer and we've seen Marcus Fraser get a game in the Europa League for that like, from, for forty five minutes. So it'd be good he to see. Well, didn't he as well? He did, aye. That boy, he was, that he was boy very Fraser. secure, aye. Seventeen, and he was playing centre back in a European match. Yeah, Aye, and looked very assured, so it was, it was good to see. But yeah, it'd be good to see a few more of them getting a, a game as uh, the season sort of comes to a, 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 an end. Yeah, so yeah. in the I predictor, think... we went for a 2-0, I went for a 2-0 victory to Hearts, Greg went 2-1 to Aberdeen, and Chris, you went 2-0 to Hearts. See on the, the youth situation, if I can just can I take yeah. a quick one about Aberdeen. No just with regards to, I don't know if any of you have seen the incentive that S- the SPL or the SFA started at the, the start of the season. Yes. Yep. Whereby they're basically given, I think it was, I mean, it's not much, but it's an incentive. I think it's £750 um, if you're playing two under-21s in your team. Um, I think if it's three or more, it's £1,000. And Aberdeen this season have been playing kind of the motions, so I think they're in for a, an extra bit of money um, in terms of an Further, there was a bit in the, the forum about it. I'll try and get the, the kind of figures. Um, but I mean, it, just now with all the SPL clubs, it helps any money that's coming in um, oh, for, the, for the teams. Yeah. Um, Anything well. that's going to encourage the, the youth, the, well, the Scottish youth especially, because I, I was, the SFA, they want to be seeing the Scottish youth coming through more than like, the foreign youth, because the Scottish national team needs something to kick it up there. So. <laughs> we do. Plus, I mean, It'll help all. It'll help the clubs as well if you're producing your own players, and then we've seen in the past it, it can work quite well. Hibs were obviously a kind of good team in terms of the youngsters coming through, and it's probably the way forward for most. Even the old firm, I think, the way forward. 
Brentford are youngsters. Sell them on probably inevitably down south and reinvest in youth. Yep. And it might go away to, to help in reducing, reducing some of the debt. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. So the next game up is St Mirren. I just thought I'd mention it. I, no, it was, it was a good point to make. Uh, next game up is St Mirren against Kilmarnock, which St Mirren won 4-2. And a six-goal six goal thriller, which uh, I wish they would show these games on TV live. Oh, oh, we've had that argument before on the forum. <laughs> yeah, but and unfortunately there's no no old firm teams in it, so no, they didn't show it. But yeah, one thing and one criticism I've got of St Mirren and they're going to have to change things is they, they play too many Stephen Thompsons. It's, <laughs> it's, one of them's going to have to go at the end of the season because I, I can't keep this up because Stephen Thompson scored. Stephen Thompson oh. scored again. Which one was it? I don't really know. <laughs> That's... Right. Do you think they signed there's only two Stephen Thompsons? <laughs> It'd be good if they did, yeah. Was that first goal? Was it ridiculous? Because one set the other one up. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what about the, the Hasselbank goal? I know the guy's pretty strong and he is pretty physical, oh. but he just wrestled, uh, was it Susuko, Susoko? Aye, somebody told me. Somebody ah. told me. I think it might have been in the forum or it might have been on here. Sissoko has one of those moments in every single game he plays. It was a league, it was when about the League Cup final, yeah, because he'd had that one in the fourth minute with Gary Hooper, yes. and that was just that was his stupid moment of the game. Well, I think this was a stupid moment in this game because I don't know what he was doing. He was just kind of messing about with the ball, and then Hasselbank came steaming in, took the ball off him. I think it was a fair challenge. I don't Do you think, think so? I thought it was yeah, a, a WWF style move. Ah, nah, just not at all. It was a bit soft. <laughs> Aye, how many, how many times did I see if it was a defender doing that to a striker? You'd, you'd be nothing heard about it. That's just, oh, that's good defending. Hasselbank, a wee guy, he's like two foot tall, and he comes in and just uses, I mean, Sissoko, look at the size of Sissoko against Hasselbank. That's like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Amir Khan against Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm going to have to see this again, guys, because my recollection is Hasselbank just pushing him two hands, just pushing him out of the way. Yeah, I'm going to have to see this again. I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was maybe worse, but the the, the fourth goal was Toshney blasting the ball off of Thompson. Uh, Thompson with a pee. Worried that. That was that was a good. I tell you what, that see last week, uh, there was a few cracking goals, and that I mean, and that the. The St. Mirren Kilmarnock game alone, there was the top Tom Stephen Stephen Thompson <laughs> his his second one was a cracker. Yep. Uh, Dean Shields as well. Oh yeah. His yeah. goal. Um obviously we've mentioned Scatchel, we've mentioned Whitaker. Yeah. Um, I think there was others as well. I, I made my notes earlier to have a wee look and there was there was a few. Even like oh, just yeah, I, it was Daly as well in the Dunny United. Yeah. Game. The scissor kick, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how he managed to get up there when he, he scored it. It was a a, a bizarre, a, an orthodox finish. I, yeah. it, was, it was lucky none of the Dunfermline players tried to defend that, put the head in because it was it was quite high. It was, yeah. In terms of the scissor kick, yeah. I think yeah. So in the the, the game itself finished four two. So in the predictor, I went for a two 0 victory to Kelly. Greg went 1-0 Kelly and Chris went 2-1 Kelly. So we were all wrong. Not very good in that one. Nobody saw that one coming. Nope. I should point out that's the only the second time St Martin have scored four goals at their new ground. Is it? Uh, the first, yep, the first one was obviously um, uh, Tony Wobey ended things. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Chris? What? <laughs> Nothing. 
It was the, see, I know it's as well, like for all the plaudits that St Mirren have had this season, that was their first one in 12 games. Yeah, first one in 2012. Yeah, they went in a terrible, a terrible run of draws. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like boring draws as well, Paul Bands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how they carry on in the next game because uh, they've got a, one of their favourite teams to play next. Is that our, is that our, our pals? Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the team that might want to buy them. Aye, oh, I've seen, aye, we've seen that one. Aye. But yeah, a sneaky move. <laughs> Secret talks. Hush, hush. So moving on to Sunday's games. And the first game of the day was Celtic against St. Johnson, which Celtic won 2-0. I watched the game on on TV and I thought that Celtic done done well. They deserved the victory. But I thought that St. Johnson deserved credit oh. because they, they definitely didn't turn up just to, to make up the numbers. They they had a few good chances in the first half. I thought that, yeah, I was impressed with them. I wasn't too sure about the, the goals. Uh, maybe I'm being a bit nitpicky, but for the first Celtic goal, it was Samaras that won the free kick. And one of the things I really like about Samaras is the fact that he's just he's so strong at shielding the ball and there's nothing that nothing that can get past him. When when he wants to keep the ball, he can. He just knows exactly what to do. But if I'm going to be picky, I don't think he was close enough to the ball to for the free kick to be valid. I think uh, he was he was impeding the St Johnson player. But yeah, Chris, I'm sure you'll see it differently. No, I think he, st- he technically had possession. And if we're going to get into the whole talking about how close you are at the ball, then we need to go back and talk about that red card that Chad Doody got last week. Because uh, Lee Wallace was nowhere near that ball. No, nah, I don't think... I, I think it was, it was possibly a free kick, but... I mean, about 30 seconds earlier, there was a claim for a penalty for Samaras when he got uh, tumbled in the box. Now, I don't know, because unfortunately the highlights aren't up yet and I haven't seen had a chance to see these back, so I can't tell whether it was a penalty or not. Well, but, I, I, I would have think that... The, it could have been given definitely there was there was a hand on his back I think that I don't think it was enough to knock him over but but credit to Samaras that he, yeah he went down but he, he wasn't jumping up and down and screaming for it he, he seemed to just carry on so it's, it's no like him for him enough because he can be quite the drama queen at times yes yeah but, <laughs> but I mean recently he's been getting up and getting on with things and he's he's been pretty much her best player in the last two games yeah well the that free kick came in and it was a, a solid header from him to score it. Yep. So yeah, credit to him. The the second goal, uh, there was a, some debate on the, the forum. The way I see it was, was it uh, Liam Craig went to clear it away down the, the bottom left corner, and Common he cleared it, and then Commons clattered him. Right. Uh, I don't think Commons was was doing anything malicious in it. It was a, it was almost a, an attacker's tackle, if you like, uh, right. a bit of desperation. But he caught him, yeah. so it's a free he kick. I, I agree with yeah. that. I, I would agree with this one, because I was wondering at the time, I was waiting in the whistle going. Yeah, I thought it but, was a free kick, but then I think it was Commons got the ball and done a, a superb pass to right. Samaras, I think it was. Uh, it, it was a, a cross-field <laughs> cross ball. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah. Whoever he, he passed it to, I think it was Samaras, caught it very well, then ran down the line and crossed the ball in for an easy tap-in. Can't remember who, sc- who scored the goal. Chris Muller. It was an own goal. Oh, Chris, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just. To be fair, it, Gary Hooper's behind him. If if Muller does not get in his net, I think Hooper's finishing it. I I just remember uh, Samaras hitting the ball in front post and just saying, "Aye, all you need to do is get a touch." Yeah, I forgot it was an own goal. 
Um, I never, I never saw the game, but um, what I did in the, in terms of trying to get some information about it, I listened to uh, Lennon talking to Chick Lunn after the game, and he seemed to be kind of be saying like praising Samaras, saying that it was Samaras making all the difference. I believe from what he did as well was he switched him from left to right. Like in terms of playing in the wing, yes, uh, he well. did at one point. I actually think that ruined it. I think because we started really well, and Samaras was on the left hand side, and then after about fifteen minutes, he switched him to the right, and then we was wasn't he watching the first half after that, and he seemed to get switched back to the left hand side again and start the second half, and that seemed to make a difference. Yeah, he mentioned that as well because I think he was saying that Chick Young asked him, the, he asked him about Samaras, and uh, when Lennon first took over. There was kind of the talk that he didn't rate Samaraz at all. Um, he was not happy with like Samaraz's mentality and consistency, and that's something that they've been working on with Samaraz. And you, I think, I mean, he, he has had a lot of kind of criticism from Celtic fans in the past, but recently a lot of a lot of fans seem to be saying in the last few weeks he's probably been the best player for Celtic in terms of making a difference. Um, he seems to be playing with confidence just now as well. I think that's a big thing with Samaras. Yep. If he's confident, then he is a difficult player to play against. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. earlier about the the fact that the way he was shielding the ball, and and I wasn't I wasn't sure enough if he was close close enough to the ball. But yeah, that that's one of his massive strengths is that he can do that. He yeah, he goes on these funny runs that you, you question why he's done certain things, but he is very good at keeping the ball. He's very good at building up a head of steam and just almost just powering his way past players. Uh, yeah, I would definitely play him uh, if he was a, a Rangers player. I, I'd play him on the left. I think that's where he's strongest. Uh, he's, he's not your traditional winger, if you like. But yeah, I'm a, a big fan of his. Uh, he's, he's turned around his, his issue with goals, where he went a, a pretty long time with a, a very poor record. And it was Lennon was his, his main supporter during that time. There was... One of the things he mentioned was that, that at times he's unplayable, and I, yeah, I agree with that because as I say, he's so physical, and once he gets his head down and, and builds up that head of steam, there's just no stopping him. Yeah, I think as well when um, Lennon mentioned as well about Chris Commons, another player that's, I mean, after last season, this year he's just been this season he's just been a different player for whatever reasons. There's been various rumours about whether they did fall out or not fall out. Obviously, as well, there's been talk about Commons and his fitness maybe carrying a wee bit of weight. Um, but Lennon did mention as well today that he was pleased with Chris Commons. So, for mm. a, a Scotland point of view, if um, Commons can get back to the form that he showed last year, again, another player that's capable of playing left wing for Scotland. Yep. Um, seeing as we don't play with left wingers just now. There's, there's these three players. There's Greg Wild, Mackay Stephen, Chris Commons that have all got the the ability to play there for us as well, obviously we mentioned earlier. So, uh, if if Commons can get back to form, maybe give him to the end, of, give him the run to the end of the season. He gets a good pre-season behind him. That could be an asset in terms of the the World Cup qualifiers starting that yeah. season. I mean, I, I think the, the the big problem with Chris Commons at the moment is he hasn't scored this season, and I think more than anything, it's playing in his head. Because there's certainly no debate for me about whether he's actually. Uh, Helping the team out because that's that's the second week in a row now he's had a cracking ball into the box that's resulted in a headed goal. So his, his delivery's been fantastic in the last couple of games, uh, and his overall play elsewhere in the park's been great. It's just it just doesn't have that final touch that he had last season that was getting him on the goals. Yeah, he almost so clicked I think today I, though. Uh, 
Uh, well, it was just, it was just swerving away just from the goal. Yeah. It's been like that all season, though, because he's quite a few chances and they've been just wide or the, the keeper's got his hand to it or something like that. I think if he can just get one goal, they'd maybe be able to shake it off and maybe score, score a few more. I think it can be difficult, though. Like, see, I mean, he's for a wide player, I mean, he's, he's not played much this season. I think if you're a, you're a winger and you're in and out the team, it's, a, it's one of those positions you're maybe not going to get the ball all the time because you're out there depending on maybe waiting for the ball. It's not something you can go and... Wingers don't tend to kind of go and win the ball. They need to wait for the ball to come to them. And he's been in and out of the team, not got to run the games. It's maybe that's not helped as well. Yeah, it's a really hard team to get into as well because it's just, there's so many midfielders at Celtic. And then, of course, you get George Samaras dropped. Now he seems to have dropped back into midfield where he's a lot more comfortable. And it's when, when you've got that many players competing for those so few positions, it's very hard to... To take your opportunity when you get it. Yeah. 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 So I noticed as well today, uh, Lustig got another start, but he seemed to get replaced kind of early in the second half. I don't know whether, in terms of competition, again, you've got what, four right backs? Yeah, something like that. I think we've got one left back. <laughs> well, two, but Charlie Mulgrew seems to play centre these days. You've got Blackman as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He even came on for the last couple of minutes and played left mid. <laughs> yeah. So in the predictor, the, the game finished 2-0. I went for a 2-0 victory to Celtic, so 100% right again. That's uh, the second one this week. I got 100% right. Greg went for 2-0 as well, so he got it right. But I'm not too sure about this because the, the other one he got right was the same as me. So he's definitely copying <laughs> me. He's, de- he's cheating. So he, uh, he's losing marks. In. And Chris, you went for a 1-1 draw. Yeah, well, maybe I'd have been right if uh, the St. Johnson penalty had been given. I don't know. I don't remember this. I just heard them talking about it on the radio. Richard Gordon seemed to think it wasn't a penalty, but several other people have heard say, yeah, it was a definite penalty. Yeah, I can't can't recall the, the incident. Something about Sandaza and Leuvens. I'm not entirely sure what the incident was. But, uh, was I mean, Leuvens but... playing? Aye, Leuvens was on the park. Was it? Played for 90 minutes. He played all right. Although he may have, he may have resulted in a penalty that the referee didn't give. But other night was alright. Yeah, but this week we're recording the podcast on the Sunday evening, so although we can watch the highlights for most of the games, we can't watch the highlights for the Celtic St Johnson game. So for me, anyway, I'm relying on my memory of the live game earlier, which, to be honest, wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, it's funny because I was at the game and I don't. It's the one game I'm struggling to remember. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be worse when we move on to the next game, which was Inverness against Hibs, which Hibs won 3-2. And to be honest, no, I've, I didn't watch the game myself. Uh, I opted to play football in the garden with my five-year-old son instead. We were, we were punting the ball about. playing head, grassroots. Well trying to do headers and volleys, but he, he kept ducking every time it was a header. <laughs> so yeah, the, I'd like to see it. the game was Sorry. 3-2. Aye, but it sounded a really good game. Yeah, I missed it because not that I, I want. I, I was. I, I thought about watching it, um, but I had the joys of looking at flowers for my wedding later this year. That was my Sunday afternoon. Oh, suits you. So, yes. So I'll uh, I'll be sporting a fetching white rose, I believe, with uh, crystals, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. That's what I've been told anyway. So um, yeah, that was my afternoon. That and a wee bit of other the wedding stuff. But I, I wish I'd seen it. Um, I'm always kind of quite vocal about the fact I think it's great when it's 
when neither SPL team uh, when neither the old firm are being shown on TV and you see a bit of a different game, you get the other teams getting a bit of exposure and they picked a game today and it's ended up five goals. Um, I think first half Inverness went up. No, not first half. Um, just after the second half, Inverness went up a goal and then Hibs came back into it, went two one up, and then with seven minutes to go, it's two all and probably Hibs think right, we've blown it. But then who pops up to score? The the man that the Hibs fans seem to have a bit of a love hate relationship with Lee Griffiths does it again? I think it's the other way around. He just doesn't like his own fans giving them obscene <laughs> gestures. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I wish I had seen it because it sounds like, I mean, it sounds by all accounts a really good game. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, but I can't. I think I, I listened to the interview with um, Fenlon after the game because again, because I never saw it, that's all we can rely on today. Um, and he, he was kind of pleased with the performance pleased with the character that they showed today. Um, I noticed as well it was O'Connor and Griffiths that were playing up front together again today. I mean, that's a, that's a good partnership. That, that's a partnership that's going to get you goals. There's no doubt about that. I, I, a lot of people were kind of saying, I, I know Boyle, uh, is it Boyle, 1975 in the forum, he's a fan, goes to kind of a lot of the games and, I mean, he's been really worried that they were going to go down, but I mean, Hibs have got options that score goals. They've got, not along with O'Connor and Griffiths, they've got that boy Doyle that they signed in January, um, who's got a kind of decent record in, in the Irish League. And uh, I think it's, it's Roy O'Donovan as well that they signed from down south. Mm-hmm. So they've got options that can score goals, whereas Dunfermline, apart from maybe Andy Kirk, in terms of goals, there's not really someone that you'd say they're going to get goals. Yeah. Well, you look at the... I think that's the big difference. The Hibs front line, O'Connor and Griffiths. And to be honest, when they're both on their game, I think they could they could get into the at least the match day squad for any other team in the SPL. I think I'm uh, really impressed with Griffiths uh, and, and both him and O'Connor. But it's just they've been a bit inconsistent. That's been the problem. There's been injury issues with O'Connor. Griffiths seems to want to miss games. Uh, he goes out his way almost to, to get himself banned. Uh, so in the predictor, I went 2-0 to Hibs. Greg went 2-1 to Hibs and Chris, you went 2-1 to Inverness for the home win. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> do, we, do we think then that's Hibs safe? Do we think it's in Fairland or away? Uh, six no po- quite. Six, six points with six games to go. I know it's, I mean, it's still obviously, there's still six games left, but yeah, I think can anyone really see it in Fairland getting a win? It? I know Jeffries has come in, but I think anything can happen. We've seen we've seen uh, leads like that disappear at the top of the table, but I just think looking at the the team on paper, looking at the the quality that we've seen over the the season as a whole, no, I can't I can't see Dunfermline uh, staying up. No, I just can't see yep. it. Even though they've brought in Jeffries, no. It'll be interesting to see what happens once we get into the spot properly, and you've got a, a bunch of teams that sort of seventh, eighth, ninth. Not really playing for much, and then you've got Inverness aren't quite technically safe yet. They're eleven ahead of Dunfermline, mate, eighteen to play for. So I think they'll be wanting to get those other seven, eight points sorted out quicker than rather than later. But uh, it's hard to see Dunfermline getting out of this at all. Yep. It's like you say, it's it's going to come down to Hibs can put the ball in it. Dunfermline can't. I think. I've got some exciting news about the Paul Band charity bet this week. Paul Band chose, well, last week Paul Band chose the, the Hearts against Aberdeen game. He chose Hearts to win. 
He chose Dundee United to beat Dunfermline and he also chose Falkirk to beat Hamilton. And all three came up. So mm. we've got a we've got a win. Happy days indeed. Yeah, happy streamers. Well done. Jelly and ice cream. Well done, Paul. I it was a, a good good selection. So in total we won forty one pound for our fiver, which is pretty impressive. That's not bad. Yeah. So in total, Nepal Band Charity Pot, we have got £87.68, and pence, which is really good. I'm really chuffed with that. And I, I've, I've decided where the what the charity will be. Obviously, I discussed this with Laurie. He uh, donates to the, the charity bet each week and spoke with Chris. Again, Chris had donated. He'd put a, a side bet on Hamilton, just in case. Yep. I, and... I got some sad news about my, my mate, his four-year-old son had been diagnosed with leukaemia and anyway, staying in York Hill, York Hill's managed to put him and his wife up as well as obviously their son and they're going to be in there, I'm hoping for four weeks when he, he'll be able to be treated as an outpatient. So I think it's just brilliant that that opportunity is there because hospitals are scary for anybody, no matter how old you are, but the fact that they're able to take in uh, my mate and, uh, and his wife and, and let them stay there and, and hopefully keep the the son's spirits up. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like the money to go to, to York Hill and hopefully we can win a little bit more money than the £87. Pound. But uh, even if that's all we've got, I'd, hopefully it helps. But uh, anyway, it can. Yeah, I've got a lot of helps. I'm a, I'm a big supporter of York Hill myself. Uh, probably because my mum used to work there. <laughs> Yeah, likewise. Um, I was born in the the Queen Mother, so York Hill's gonna twin up there. So <laughs> so is that. <laughs> oh, there we go. But yeah, so hopefully we can we can do a wee bit of good with our with our banter each week in the the Paul Band charity bet. So this week it's a it's a little bit different. I thought with it we'd we'd ask John to to do the the bets, and he has given me four bets. We'll oh, start. Brave, brave. Uh, it is brave, but we're we're pushing for a, a decent total now. We've got we've got a name. He's went for Aloha to be Elgin, which is Evans. Uh, Ladbrokes don't actually have the the bets available, so I've just went to odds checker. So it, we might not get Evans. We might get better, but I've just selected the best odds they've got right now. Went for Ross County to be Livingston, and got odds of four to seven. Uh, I might also point out that I think both teams are, are pushing to clinch the, the title. They are, yeah. Pretty early on, Aloha in the third and Ross County in the first. I think that was one of the main uh, drivers for, for John's selections. Yeah, definitely. We've got, in fact, Ross County were 75. Sorry, I made a mistake there. Uh, he went for Celtic to beat Kilmarnock and Celtic are 4-7. to seven. Again, they could win the league. Yep. Mm-hmm. That could be three. Could be a busy weekend. Three parties next week. That's it. And he's also went for Hearts to beat Dunfermline. And that's Evans. Which is pretty good odds for uh, a team against Dunfermline when they're playing at home. Considering they've not won all season at home. So yeah. Hopefully the, we're going to put a fiver on that. And hopefully that comes up trumps. Hopefully. I think I'll have a, I think I'll have a, a bit of money on it myself as well. Uh, it's good selections there. And... Thought I'd like to congratulate Falkirk on winning the, the Ramsons Challenge Cup. Did they all get a fish supper? 
That's that was it. It wasn't a cup. It was it was a fish supper that they lifted. Yeah. I, I should point out it's not Harry Ramsden's. It's Ramsden's. Oh. Ramsden's oh. are a pawnbrokers, so this must be the only trophy you're allowed to hand back to get money. <laughs> I think we could. We could. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. I'm just wondering if it's one of the trophies that Rangers have got in their trophy room that they've planned <laughs> in to try and keep the club going. <laughs> you, end up, okay, you end up winning the, the Cup Winners' Cup. <laughs> <laughs> right, enough, enough of making funny Rangers. You mentioned it. We've got a Celtic fan and an Aberdeen fan that have. I'd actually been quite good today, just tonight. I know, I, I was... I was we need to take a look at ourselves, Chris. We're letting the teams like down. See, I, I'm not happy about my performance tonight because I've, that's me having a go at Rangers. And earlier on, I was I was hoping that Celtic progressed. The, they're under-19s. Yeah, right. Well, gonna, must try harder good. next week. Right. So I thought we'd do our predictions for the, the games coming up next weekend. And we've got a potential title party at Kilmarnock. Uh, Celtic visit in the 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN on Saturday. I'm going to go for a Celtic victory in this one. I'm going to go 2-0 away win and Celtic will clinch the league. John, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, I think it's going to be like a home game for Celtic. So I think they'll be looking for revenge. I think they'll 2-0 win. I think 2-0 might be fair as well, actually. Craig. I'll copy you seeing as you're in a good run of form recently. Like, it's weird how these things work out because this could be the third time within the last 10 years that Celtic won the, the league at Rugby Park. Because he won it in 2004 when Stan Petrov got a, a 1-0 win. And uh, good luck to him in his fight against leukaemia, by the way. Yeah, I wish him well. We won it in 2007 with a late Nakamura free kick. And now we're going back there again. And it's not even right the, the only time it's been won at Rugby Park because obviously Rangers won it at Rugby Park last season. And I was looking up to see where uh, the league's actually been won. Since the SPL's inception, it's been won at Celtic Park four times, once by Rangers. It's been won at Rugby Park three times, Easter Road twice, Tannadice twice, and Ibrox just the once. <laughs> uh, good start there, Chris. Very unusual. Only once out of the entire time has it been won by the, the team that won the league sitting in the house when uh, Celtic failed to beat uh, Hibs at home in 2000, which handed the title to Rangers. So, so it's nice to see that the, the team generally win it on the park instead of getting it behanded to them. And fingers crossed it's going to happen again this time because I'm going to go 2-1 Celtic. Are you going, Chris? I am, yes. I have a ticket. Yeah, you're getting the, the additional stand allocated to you. Michael Johnson was talking about the the extra revenue I'll make the club. So he'd asked some yeah. of the, the season ticket holders to step aside, really, and allow their, their seat to be sold. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it would be better to see more Kilmarnock fans in the ground obviously but I mean anything anything that's going to help the club out and get a wee bit more revenue in then obviously the Celtic fans are going to be snapping those tickets up as quickly as they can especially with the, the, the opportunity to clinch the league now but aye uh, anything, anything we can do to help them keep the the bit of friendship going with Kilmarnock down there because it would be nice to see them win it there than a third time yeah so next game up is Aberdeen against Dundee United I think Dundee United are going to win this one. I'm going to go for a, another 2-0 away victory. John, you confident for your team? Um, well, we need to get going before the, the semi-final. So I will go for a 1-0 draw. 
I think we need to at least get a, at least get a draw, get a get a goal. But kind of Russell Anderson's back in this team, yeah, a draw. I know that sounds that's no great confidence, but Dundee United are the form team just now in the league. I think six wins in uh, a row. Yeah, I think seven out of the last nine. So yep. and our home form's pretty decent actually. So yeah, a draw. We've been a draw specialist pretty much this season. Twelve draws we've had this season. So yeah. Are we still calling this the New Firm Derby? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's been a while since people have been calling it the New Firm Derby. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to see past Dundee United. Hate to say it, but I'll, I'll go 2 1 United. Next game up is Dunfermline against Hearts. This was mentioned as part of the, the John charity bet. So I'm going to follow his lead and go for an away victory. I'm going to go 2 0 to Hearts. Who's that's me? Yeah. Uh, I'll go for. Yeah, I think I'll actually again copy you on this one. Uh, two and a half hearts, yeah. Rubbish at home versus rubbish away from home. <laughs> I'm, 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 you're not, I'm you're so not tempted to say nothing each. But, no, you know what? I'm, go- I'm going to say two window Dunfermline just to be controversial. <laughs> see if I'd like if to Dunfermline see can get a home win against anybody, it'll be hearts. Yeah. I'd like to see you as uh, the promo guy at ESPN if they're going to be showing the game live. Saying hi, rubbish at home, rubbish away. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> See, to be honest, I, I, I couldn't possibly be any more negative about Scottish football than Craig Burley. Doesn't matter how hard I try. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear what his comments were, but there was a, I did read the reaction on Twitter. And once again, he's he's upset a few folk. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I think, actually, he just revels in there. Yes, yeah. It's depressing. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Gaelic commentary like the, the Ramsons Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched about five minutes of it, but it's interesting. Just try to work out what are they saying. Doesn't matter. As long as you know the names of the players, then you can just exactly. pick the rest. Everything else is just filler. <laughs> I was at the end when they done the, the interviews with the players, I was saying, oh, how are they going to do this? Because they're just just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> interpreter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they just asked them just in English, which is a bit disappointing. <laughs> Even during the game, they were they kept cutting back to uh, what's Gus McPherson thinking about the game now, <laughs> and they'd speak to him in English, and then back to the Gaelic commentary again. So I don't even know why Gus McPherson was there. Who's he manager of these days? Is it Queen of the South? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, I bet if it's it's, it's probably spied on Falkirk or Hamilton. Maybe he's played they're playing next week or something like that. Maybe. I think at one point they mentioned Greg Spence has scored against his team like the previous week. So, so the the next game up is Rangers against St Mirren. I think it's going to be a home victory for Rangers. I'm going to go two 0 I shall go for a two 0 draw. Oh, on that one. Oh. I see that that backs up with the stats because the last two games between these two teams have been a draw at Ibrox and a win for St Mirren. Having said that, I think Rangers are on a high again and they seem to have turned things around, so they'll probably get the three points. And I'll say two one Rangers. And yes, that is the fourth 2-1 in a row I've gone for. <laughs> it is, yep. Well, I'm going for the 2-0s this week. So next game up is St. Johnson against Inverness again. Although the last game was rearranged, I suppose. I'm going to go for a home victory here. St. Johnson, going to go for Sandaza to score as well. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I actually had a Sandaza score any time in the match earlier today against Celtic which went against my 2-0 prediction for Celtic, but I just thought, I predict on the podcast it's Sandazo's score, yet I don't put my money where my mouth is, so I thought, right, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put a bet on. So someone needs to tell Sandaza about your love for him. <laughs> get get him on the podcast. See, it's not quite the level of Laurie's love for it for Laurie's his, got his a lot of love for the love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the whole hearts thing. I'm gonna go for a two 0 victory to St Johnson again. And I'm gonna go both goals for Sandaza. Are we sneaky extra there? I'll go for let me see. One all in this one. Nah, I've got to back St Johnson and say two one. <laughs> two one. <laughs> yep, two one. <laughs> two one. You should just put every game next week, two one. <laughs> one of them's bound to come up surely. Well that's five out of five. Uh, no clean sheet bonuses. No. So the game on Sunday is Hibs against Motherwell. It's a twelve thirty kickoff. I'm not sure where they get these kickoff times from. I think it's just a, a lucky dip, really. Is it twelve o'clock? Is it half twelve? Is it one? They just—they're making it up as they go along. Four six to start. That's it. So this one's on ESPN. Who this is their second game of the weekend. Busy weekend for them. I'm going to go for an away victory here because Hibs are rubbish, and I'm just going to go for the clean sweep. I'm going to go two 0 to Motherwell. I said, you know what? <laughs> I think I might even put money on at the bookies. Um, I'll predict that Chris is predicting that it's going to be 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I'll go Wait. for... Oh, um, right, let me see. Let me get my crystal ball. Oh. Yep, yep. I've got Mystic Meg here with me. <laughs> making a guest appearance. Um, what? Hibs have only had one win this season at home. Good start. Oh, uh, Motherwell, Motherwell 2-1. I think Willow's form's gone out the window recently. I think we we done the United and St Johnston both chasing them. I would love to see what the, the, the positiveness of Peter Houston or Steve Lomas to overhaul Stuart McCall and his negative oh we were always aiming for third anyway. I was about to slap him after that one. So I I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna say two, talking to you. I, I'm gonna say Hibs one and I'm gonna say two one. <laughs> two one. Yep. For Hibs. Right. Controversial. No. <laughs> Controversial compared to both our predictions. <laughs> I think Hibs need the wins. I think, uh, the, the, like we said earlier, they're capable of scoring the goals. So, yeah, you're going for Hibs and Dunfermline both to win. They've got one home win between them the whole season. Yep, sounds good to me. Confident. And these are the last ties before the split. And right now we don't know. Well, we know how the split's going to work. We know we do, the, yeah. the top six and the bottom six, but we don't know the fixtures yet. They're still yeah. to be decided, and there's going to be the the usual fallout as as some team gets more away games and home games. But it's inevitable with the way somebody this needs to go to like Easter Road three times in the one season or something silly like that. Yeah, I somebody always gets upset about it, and and one thing that I don't like about this is that the the old firm they're always spared that they're treated Aye. as a special case when they shouldn't be. I don't understand. Well, I understand that why the uh, the SPL think they should treat them as a a special case, but I don't think it's correct. They should just be treated the same as any other team. It should just be luck, really. I agree. Uh, there shouldn't be any special case. But I think that the thing that annoys me the most about it isn't the, the, the imbalance in the split. It's the fact that I never, ever know what I'm doing in April or May. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to plan a weekend in April or May for a decade. Ah, uh, you don't know where you're going, do you? It's like... No. You, you try and work it out, you think, right, we've played them twice at home, right, we'll probably have them at home, and then it comes up, you get three home games or something, it's like, 
again, it's just crazy. Yeah, and then then you factor in the television, so you don't know if you're playing the Saturday or the Sunday, and what time on the Saturday or the Sunday you might be playing. Yeah, you, can't, you just can't plan the whole month. They wonder why crowds are down. Yeah. yeah. So before we, we end the podcast, I thought I'd mention and congratulate the, the winner of the, the March Predictor Prize. Uh, we are the Hearts, won the £20. Wonder who they support. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Inverness, maybe. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I think it's Hibs. It's not Hibs. Hibs. No, Laurie's a special case in the, and he's a Hearts fan who supports Hibs. No, I'll let them think like that. I'm going to tell him. You just, I'm going to tell Chris to edit that bit out when it says about supporting hearts and just put Laurie as a special case. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, the magic button. I don't know if the magic button can do that, John, because I don't know if I've told you about the magic button, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it after the podcast. But oh, this magic button makes me edit in a dream. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to get involved in the, the SPL predictor on the forum, go to forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and click the SPL predictor link at the top. Free to enter and £20 cash prize on offer every single month. So that's us got to the end, guys. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for uh, having us again. It's been a while. Been good. Yeah, it's been good to have you back, John. A, a wee bit of a change. Well, it's been good to have a nice positive attitude on the, the, the podcast rather than the, the miserable Greg that has been on the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, one, one of Greg's highlights of his time has been uh, during one podcast when he, he was contemplating chucking football altogether. <laughs> moving to our broth. Oh, moving yeah. to our broth. Oh, our broth. And then <laughs> and the junkies burning the needles in Leith. Right. You mentioned that last week. I, I, uh, I disagreed with that totally. <laughs> and then there was Paul Brown, or, or the occasional mention of oh, that old fud, Jim <laughs> Jeffries. He, he loves Craig Brown. He loves him, really. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, th- thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Craig. Cheers. See you. Bye.